0: Hi, welcome to Revved Up for Sunday, a lectionary podcast from the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Justin Crisp. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. And I'm Peter Walsh. And today we have a reading from Luke chapter 17, where Jesus seems to lose it. If those of you who are watching us know anything about the Enneagram, perhaps Jesus is an <laughs> Enneagram too, a helper. And if you know anything about the Enneagram, you know that nothing annoys helpers more than not being thanked. Let's hear it. reading from the gospel according to Luke the 17th chapter beginning at the 11th verse on the way to Jerusalem Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee as he entered a village ten lepers approached him Were not 10 made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Mm -hmm. What do y'all make of it?
1: So I'll start. And, and I'm, and I'm, only, I'm just, I'm just going to start right at the top here. Uh, on the way, to, we're on the way to Jerusalem, which we've been on the way for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting there. We're getting close. But uh, the way Luke tells the story, I mean, Luke's not great with geography. Let's just put it that way. Right. Okay. So uh, these, <laughs> are real, these are real places, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, <laughs> right. he doesn't put them in order. Uh, uh, they were going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. There is no region between Samaria and Galilee. Okay, so the Galilee touches the, the, I mean, perhaps... The, is this is uh, like what
0: I'm trying to give directions.
1: Uh, perhaps <laughs> Jesus is on the border between Samaria and Galilee, but there is no region in between. Mm-hmm. Um, and he entered a certain village. So what I wanted to say, which is I told you I wanted to say this, and uh, perhaps this will be interesting to all of you. Uh, this is a place that we go on our pilgrimages. Uh, the This is in the West Bank. It's in a, uh, it's in a village called... Called Burkeen. it is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite places to be. Burkeen itself is a um, is a very, very small Palestinian village. Uh, it is now almost all Muslim. Uh, uh, it, and it was the, during the first intifada uh, when uh, the explosions started to happen. Mm-hmm. Some of those people who blew themselves up, it came from Burkin, and the Israelis came in and kind of wiped out you know, their, their houses and portions of their village. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an agrarian town. But at the top of, uh, uh, of the, the kind of main hill in Burkin is the cave where the ten lepers were. And there has been a church. Uh, the cave is in some sense carved in half. And in the back end of the cave is, uh, is now a chapel of sorts. It's, a, it's an Orthodox, Christian Orthodox church. And so the, of the few, there's not many Christians left in the village. They, they have their church here. It's, they consider it the third oldest uh, church uh, in Christianity wow. that it's been operating since then. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and out of it, they've built uh, you know, the way, way Orthodox churches are constructed. Uh, because there are so few Orthodox priests to get in this neighborhood, uh, we have been there periodically when they're having church. Uh, and, uh, the, the, the priest, you know, with the beard that comes down almost to his belt, uh, you know, white beard. And, uh, in, in, we come pouring in with the little kids standing up at the end of the pews in their little suits, watching, watching us enter the church. And, and just to say that, um. You know, okay. So there is this place, and not only do they have the cave, but they have access to other caves in the neighborhood. And so, how the lepers remove themselves from their communities, right? They, they lepers, right. uh, you know, lot to say about leprosy. And I'm sure some of you will pick that up, or I can pick it up later. Uh, but anyway, just to let you know that this is a this is a story that's only in Luke, uh, but this is a living story. In the Holy Land now, this story lives because people say, "Oh no, no, this this is this is the cave. Mm-hmm. We are mm-hmm. we are the descendants of these lepers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very cool. It's extremely cool.
2: It's really interesting that they've they marked the pl- place or they this is sustained the knowledge of the place. Office. Sustained the knowledge of the place yeah, because wow. you know
1: the locals just handed it down, down mm-hmm, through time mm-hmm. and and over time churches were built on the site. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That's funny. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, clearly they needed to be on a road. <clears throat> it's Luke. So I think everything, right. you know, all the important things happen on roads. And um, lepers keep their distance. They form these colonies, as you've described. And in order to appeal for charity, they would put themselves close to to a traffic way. So maybe by the region between, he means on a road, you know, passing through some, by some area or nearby or something like that. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. strange. Um, but there was one... One of the lepers is, is a Samaritan, so I'm, I'm interested in how this group, this village, uh, you know, one is a Samaritan. Are the others...
1: Well, Burkin would be, Burkin nowadays in the West Bank. I mean, Samaria, uh, Mount Gerasene is in the West Bank. These are these are close places. Yeah, it could very easily be, I just think there's no region in between. Right. If, if Luke had just left that out, we uh-huh. would say, you know we we would be just fine.
2: Yeah, uh, but
1: right. Anyway, so yeah, gear, I mean, Burkina is very close to to Samaria.
2: Yeah. It's a really interesting story because you know, they ask Jesus to have mercy on them. Does he mm-hmm. do they recognize Jesus or is he carrying a bunch of food that they want or I wonder what kind of charity they're looking for, but they know him, so they must be asking for healing. Mm-hmm. And um so I ask that rhetorically. I don't know, yeah. but it's mm-hmm. not obvious, it's not, you know, guaranteed that they would know. Keeping their distance, they call out Jesus, mm. Master, have mercy on us. I mean, how did they get knowledge that that was him and he was coming? Mm. Um, but anyway, they, they see him, and, and, and he, he doesn't do anything except tell them to go show themselves to the priests. <laughs> and then, you know, instantaneously, they, they're made clean as they go, so when we get to the bottom of the one, I'll just fast forward, because these are the, the top notes that I find in this story, that um, one of them turns back. He was a Samaritan. He praises God. He's, he's so grateful. He's mm-hmm. like, wow, look, I've been healed. And um, he, he takes the time to turn back. And, you know, it's not clear whether he wouldn't have felt welcome with, at the same priest as those other lepers. So did he... Maybe he's showing himself to Jesus, the high priest. Mm. You know, maybe he thinks that uh, instantly that Jesus is the priest. But um, anyway, then at the end, Jesus says, your faith has made you well. It doesn't say your faith has made you clean. So there must be a a, a dimension of healing that, you know, they can all be made physically well. And clearly they have, according to this text, um, but because the man expresses this this gratitude or faith, he's also been healed, like also been restored into something deeper and, and higher. So I don't know that that comes to mind as a nuance on on how Jesus heals and the response that a person or the engagement that a person is willing to make that can even further. You know, sprout something in them that's that's healing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really I like that little difference in the word. I I'd have to look at the Greek, but I think it's the same word. You made you well. That maybe the story of Zacchaeus has. You know, mm-hmm. Jesus says you've been saved. Yeah. You're, this you're, you're is a soul
1: saved. healing here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the other one, they've been made healthy. They went to the doctor and were made healthy, but this is, mm-hmm. this is a soul. It's a much deeper thing. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. the movement. I
2: might be sense. naming something that's very well known. But I like this idea of your faith has made you well. And, and last time we talked about faith as gratitude. And, and I think here he's showing gratitude, which is a sign of great faith
0: mm-hmm. to
2: me. So you could say your your gratitude has made you well. <laughs>
0: mm. Oh well. Wow. that's it, it, terribly interesting. Um, so I I think it's um, <clears throat> I I give um, I'll say, I think I think you're right. And I, I give the um, I give the folks who don't turn back something of a pass. Um mm-hmm. They're actually doing exactly as Jesus told them to. Right. Yeah. Right. And they're actually doing exactly as Jesus <laughs> they're doing exactly what the the Jewish ritual law required them to right. do, mm-hmm. and so I think it's interesting that the Samaritan is the one who turns back, presumably because the Samaritan doesn't completely understand what Jesus is telling them to do. Mm-hmm. So Jesus tells them, "Go and present yourselves to the priests," and that's that's a requirement in in chapter thirteen of Leviticus. That right. yeah. um, the way that when a leper um, when a leper is presumed to have been <laughs> healed of leprosy. Um, to have recovered from leprosy, they present themselves to the priest, and then there are a series of examinations and ritual sacrifices Mm -hmm. through which the the leper is gradually reintegrated into the community. And Mm -hmm. so again, Leviticus chapter 13, and so when Jesus says, go and show yourselves to the priests, they would have known, I mean, you have to feel like their hearts would have just like been flooded mm-hmm. with the possibility, oh, wow, is he saying that I might be healed? Is mm-hmm. he saying, it, it, like, you know, I, I think that mm-hmm. the, the, um, the, the, the Jewish people among, in this group would have been like, Oh, my gosh, something awesome is about to happen, or maybe something is about to happen, right? And they know what he's saying. Go and present yourselves to the priest because they would have known mm-hmm. Leviticus 13 and known this is just what you did. And before we give um, Leviticus 13 a really hard time, right, mm. um, and I'm not saying that the way that lepers were treated in this society or in its predecessors um, was um, was was completely compassionate, or perfectly ethical, or moral, et cetera, et cetera. But the you know the the what's interesting in Leviticus is that Leviticus is concerned about two forms of hygiene. One is spiritual and the other is physical, and they are completely intertwined. So when they eject lepers from their community and create distance between them, they are, because of this conflation of spiritual and physical health, right, they are, um, they are doing more than just quarantining, right, lepers, as we, as those who've lived through the pandemic here, we know, uh, we, we know exactly what quarantining means. It seems completely rational to us, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera, right? Elizabeth had, a, had an infamous quarantine here at St. Mark's uh, at the very beginning of the pandemic. Can't believe I'm laughing at it. I'm laughing at it only to stop from crying <laughs> or having a panic attack. But anyway, uh, not to mention poor Elizabeth here. Um, that seems perfectly rational to us. Um, this was an ancient attempt to come to grips with communicable disease sure. at one level, right? Um, and yeah, quarantining is, quarantining is effective. Uh, and then they also, because of the conflation of the spiritual and the physical, they, this hygiene had a spiritual dimension and they reintegrated through sacrifices and so on. And Jesus seems to be pointing to the, to the Samaritan in a gesture of um, Luke's, in a gesture toward Luke's vision that the salvation brought through Jesus is meant for the Gentiles too. Uh, Luke, I think uniquely among the four Gospels, is really focused on the Gentile mission, particularly in the sequel to Luke, the book of Acts, right? Wherein the Gentiles are grafted onto the covenant of God with Israel through Jesus. And here the hero is again a Samaritan, again an outsider, and the way the outsider is made well is faith, Uh, not to come back to this word just another time, another time, another time, but faith as opposed to um, or in distinction to, not necessarily opposed to in every case, but in distinction to the Jewish ritual law uh, is going to become in the Acts of the Apostles a... Is going to be conceived of as the way that the Gentiles are brought into the covenant, right? That not through their following of the ritual law, not through their following of Leviticus 13, but through something very much like what the Samaritan undergoes here, right? Uh, Not necessarily classifying a Samaritan as a Gentile strictly, but the Samaritan as an an outsider uh, to the Jewish community proper. Um, we get like a little foretaste, I think, mm. in this, your faith has made you well. To some of the debates that are going to go on, the Council of Jerusalem, which is the story which is retold in the Acts of the Apostles and so on. This is how, mm. the, this is how the Gentiles, how those who are outside Israel, grafted onto the covenant of God with Israel.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I, I, I have. No, I'll just say, I have no truck with the Book of Leviticus on this topic.
0: Yeah. Leviticus uh, is and, fascinating, and
1: and and to say, actually built into the Levitical law, I mean, they have no concept of of where leprosy comes from or how it's communicated, right. and or how to get rid of it, and yet the law makes, um, they've made communal possibility for, as they understand it, God's healing grace. Uh, not, maybe not the word that would be there, but mm-hmm. God's healing power to bring somebody back into community. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, I I, th- I think it's... Here. This, to me, is an incredibly real story. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a story. I mean, I'm like, oh, man, I've been there. I, I can see this. Uh, you know, Jesus, uh, if we take a look at the way the way Luke tells the story, as Jesus moves down the river, though, I mean, back that Luke doesn't know his geography because he remember he's already <laughs> been to Bethany and now he's back here. So, um, but as Jesus uh, moves down the river, there it's almost like there's there's a spiritual wave, it's like wave theory, as it comes down the river and as he moves, the, the crowds that start small get bigger and bigger and bigger and as they get bigger, the opposition pushes against him more and, and Jesus walks as this light in this in this confusing stuff and, and, and people are attracted to him and some people are repelled by him and, and there's all this reactivity and then there's the, the you know, and he comes and so the, the lepers hear that he's coming, remember we had people sent out to villages before and that this guy is coming, Jesus comes walking through, and it says the lepers, um, uh, you know, the lepers approached him, keeping their distance, so the big deal with leprosy was you always had to keep a distance of something like 100 feet, and they had bells, and you had to announce that you were a leper, 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 bell, 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 and so they they, they were good at quarantining, uh, and so they called out, they had to yell because they got to cover the distance, they called Jesus, Master, have mercy on you, once again, we have, we have people who have this belief in Jesus that he can heal them, heal them or do something for them. Uh, And Jesus sees them and he he sends them to the priests, right? Which we talked about. Mm -hmm. That's the Levitical law. And and as they're going, they're healed. So Jesus doesn't lay hands on them. He doesn't touch them. He doesn't put spittle on his tongue and stick it in his ear. Mm -hmm. He just says, be on your way. They're healed. And then as they went, they're made clean. Okay, so now, that, now we see that the miracle happens in movement away from Jesus. And then one of them, uh, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God in a loud voice, right? And he prostrates himself at Jesus' feet. A lot to say about that the thankful, the gratitude. And he's a Samaritan. Well, the Samaritan can't go to the priest they're not going to, the priests aren't going to accept the Samaritan. I mean, these people don't talk to each other, mm-hmm. right? They're, 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 that's not even a possibility. If the Samaritan's got any, any outlet, it's to come back to Jesus, or maybe to go to Mount Gerizim and say, I'm back, folks, uh, or something like that. And and then Jesus is kind of, we're not the 10 made clean, but the other nine, where are they? I mean, that to my mind is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, you could put in all kinds of, you know, steamy language about that. The And we have in the last passage about Jesus saying don't expect to be thanked you you worthless servants and now he doesn't get thanked and he seems chafed Mm -hmm. right you know where none of them found a return to give praise (laughs) to God except this foreigner Uh, then he said you know get up and go on your way your faith has made you well and just what you pointed out this man is healed to his core this is a spiritual healing not just a physical cleanliness this man has been spiritually healed this man has been in communion and union soul deep with the divine that's what's mm-hmm. that's what's happening here mm-hmm. and jesus uh, once again is the mode of uh, the mode of this is 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 the divine spirit that is in the incarnation here mm-hmm. so for me this story is just bursting and and i love that the, one of you pointed out actually the other nine didn't do anything wrong they were just they just mm-hmm. did what they were told <laughs> you know i anyway it's a very human story to me very human mm-hmm. story including jesus's humanity about yeah. where are those other dudes
2: I think it's a pattern the way Mark or Luke, sorry, the way Luke tells this story. He <clears throat> he has a way of telling stories that has precedent. You know, I mean, in here it's clearly the the Naaman story. In I think it's Second Kings, is it where Elisha heals him of his leprosy and Naaman's yeah. a foreigner, and it's very similar, not alike because Naaman resents how simple the task mm-hmm. is and everything. But um, <laughs> <Forgot> <laughs> I, I, yeah, <laughs> so I it's a little that. different, but it also sounds a little bit, you know, when you just pull out the part about how the man, how the man expressed his thanks, Ooh. you know, when he saw he was healed, he turned back, praising God with a loud voice, prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. Mm-hmm. And he was a Samaritan. I mean, he, it's a, it's a little echoing to me of how the father of the prodigal son runs to his son who's been lost oh, that's- mm-hmm. and falls on his feet and kisses him and it's just so emotive it's like right out of his guts and he's so so moved and it's a not the same position because he was he's the father not the the one that needed healing but i think mm. that the father's healed by that experience too but here i mean just that that exchange of passion and realization and restoration mm and entering into one another's lives. And, Mm. you know, this man is making a relationship with Jesus in Mm. that instant. And it's more than, you know, having received the miracle he wanted. Mm. And, you know, you can get the miracle, but pretty soon, you know, these nine, they'll get sick again. They'll get the flu or whatever. Like, you get, your miracle lasts a second. And all these mountaintop experiences, they're not ends in themselves. So... They're great, like you know, pray for the miracles, but the, we all have to want more than a miracle because a miracle is temporary sometimes, right? Especially if it's mm. physical healing, because we're all going to die, <laughs> so it's not enough, <laughs> you know, it's it, it'll last, but it won't last. Eternally,
1: mm. Just going to see that I just didn't say I didn't see us moving in this direction <laughs> here exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. But no, I no, think no, that, no, the, no. you know, Jesus yeah. might
2: be, you know, there it's not enough to get your miracle. It's not Jesus isn't here to give miracles and dole them out. Mm-hmm. But um, I like to um, ponder this idea that, you know, yes, they got their healing. It, it was a miracle. It was wonderful. They, they could reenter society. Mm. Um, but this man will go having engaged with the master teacher, healer, you know, you know where I'm going. It's just, it's different responsiveness. It's a responsiveness. And it didn't earn him his healing. It's just the greater fullness of what is available to him. He embraces the greater fullness.
0: Well, I I think that's what, um, I think that's what faith here, this epistos, this, uh, we talked about faith as trust in the last, um, on the last podcast, faith is a, a, an awakening of some kind, which is existential in character, which is not just intellectual or not just a matter of the heart. It's not just a matter of any one part of you. It is all of you. It is jumping into this relationship with God. And the key word there being relationship. Faith is how you is to, to is to touch the divine and to touch the divine in in Jesus Christ. This is what's going on here, and that's what makes him well. And that's actually what all of the Levitical sacrifices were about too, right? So the way that the sacrifices worked as they were, um, or the way that some of the, there are lots of different sacrifices and different sacrifices work in different ways. That's an important disclaimer if we're going to talk about Leviticus, but the big sacrifice, right? The one on the day of atonement works because you, uh, you the, the the high priest goes into the Holy of Holies, into through the inner sanctum of the temple in which God is supposed to dwell and sprinkles blood, the blood of an animal, in which is supposed to be spiritually consolidated all of the sins of the people, and by coming into contact with the Holy of Holies there, as it's sprinkled on the Ark, etc., by coming into contact with God, the, the blood is purged of all of its infirmities. The blood is healed, and so the people are healed. And so the whole point of the sacrificial system was to come into contact with God. And here, this man leaves having come into contact with God and he has made well in the fullest sense, and he does so not through these ritual sacrifices, although I I want to hold open the possibility that the ritual sacrifices, right, may have worked for the lepers. (laughs) They may still have come into contact with God, right? Uh, Just because the Gentiles, just because the Samaritan here gets to touch God through faith doesn't mean that the first covenant of God with Israel is abrogated or ended in any way, right? That covenant is expanded to include all of creation, the entire Cosmos, certainly the those who refer to as the nations, aka the Gentiles, those who are outside Israel. But it doesn't mean that the original covenant with God and Israel is over, right? Of course, the sacrificial system is over after the destruction of the second temple in 70 AD, right? Mm-hmm. But that covenant is actually still effective even today, right? This is so like the Christian answer to are the Jews okay, is yes, right? Just to be very clear about that, we're not supersessionists in the sense that we think that Jesus replaces the Jewish people, the Jewish covenant, etc., which would be ludicrous because Jesus himself was Jewish. But anyway, we don't think that the church replaces the synagogue. The synagogue is still a site of God's presence, right? And we say that completely forthrightly as Christians. We're grafted onto this. We come into contact with God through faith in Christ, right? But this whole, this this other covenant is still at work. Too. Um, but anyway, all that's to say, I think the story really is about engagement. That's what the, it's about, um, having come into contact with God in Christ. And um, that's, that's the, the good news is that the Samaritan can do that too, and can do that in this way. And for Luke, that's really important because Luke loved out, loves outsiders.
1: Yeah, uh, uh yeah uh, yes um, I mean the, the word turn back here and he was healed turned back that's in the Greek that's that's the same the same phrasing for conversion mm-hmm. so uh, I mean this this whole thing is then when he saw he was healed he was converted I mean I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna just play around that with that mm-hmm. just a little bit he is converted uh, and and then and then the conversion is is, is praising God and then I mean I, I took it and I drew a like down to faith so mm-hmm. that your faith has made you well I mean your conversion has made you well your experience the disposition the changed disposition of your heart has made you well uh, and so that this is a this is a faith story mm-hmm. on top of a Jesus healing story, that, the, and, and and then it's uh, and and it's a it's a Jewish story, it's a Samaritan story, it's a Christian story. Uh, there's all, that's the layering in here is 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 fantastic, and I also uh, I can't help but say I'm mean, get into like Lukey things. Where is he? He's at his feet. I swear, Luke loves feet. Mm. You know, Mary, mm-hmm. Mary, you know, the washing feet. I mean, there's a, you know, there's a, you know, the, the Gospels have mm-hmm. a lot of feet stuff mm-hmm. and, 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 and dispositions, uh, prayer dispositions. I mean, we want to break away like, what can you learn here? I still think the, you know, um, uh, prostrating before our Lord, um, before the feet of Christ or before the cross of Christ. This is the disposition of grace. Mm-hmm. And, and by the day, when one enters in here, so I, I mean, not somebody came to me yesterday and they, they can't pray, their, their life is a mess, terrible, and they can't pray. And I, I, I said, you know, well, okay, well, you know, go lie on the ground, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes you, you can't do, mm-hmm. you can't do with your voice or your spirit or mind because the things are chaotic. And, 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 and I would say the same thing is true in your prayer life. It, it's, this is... Um, Uh, the the pose in yoga where you you know you put your arms out and you you, you kick your legs up the the way Muslims prayer put your face on the ground put your head on the ground uh, and it's 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 super powerful to prostrate yourself before Jesus feet Mm -hmm. it's humility it's gratitude it's everything and your body position does it all anyway Mm -hmm. sorry a little excursus there no 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 what to do with your body no that's good
2: yeah it's a beautiful image
0: Elizabeth do you have a last word here
2: you know I don't I think that I love the I love being left with, at being at the feet of Jesus, mm. and laying on the ground. You know what better? Yeah. What better place to go when you don't know what to do?
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Well, in the presence of the Holy, it's just it's just like a reflex. You just get low. You just get low. Um, I have to say, it's a whole lot better than where I started out with which is that this was a story about Jesus being burnt out and overworked and so he lashes out at some people who are ungrateful because of him <laughs> uh, uh, alternative interpretation. Alternative interpretation is Jesus, right. Jesus is burned out. <laughs> Jesus the burnout That's out. a hilarious uh, way to think about it. A lot more beautiful stuff going on here than even we've begun okay. to uh, than even we've begun to talk about uh, but we, we pray God's blessings upon each of you as you you perhaps are um are getting prostrate, perhaps not physically on the ground, unless you're listening to this on your uh, you know in your earbuds or something, you're actually, you're on the floor, but certainly in your heart, right? Prostrating in your heart. We pray that you would find grace there and find that you are made well by coming into contact with Jesus in that way. God bless you. We love it when you like, share, and subscribe. Talk to you soon.